Today's episode is sponsored by FACTS. FACTS serves over 4,000 Catholic schools with financial management tools, admission solutions, professional development opportunities for leaders and educators, a learning management system, and a student information system, which automates the flow of information between school administrators, teachers, and families. It makes communication, academic and demographic data management, and reporting more efficient and convenient. To learn more, visit FactsMGT.com. Greetings. Thank you for joining the NCA podcast. We're very happy to have you with us today. Um, our guest today is from the University of Notre Dame. And Julie, I'll let you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. So I'm Julie Dalavis. Um, I'm a faculty member at the University of Notre Dame in the Institute for Educational Initiatives. Um, I'm a sociologist by training um, and um, have been a teacher in Catholic schools through the ACE Teaching Fellows Program. I um, taught middle school language arts in Decatur, Georgia, just outside Atlanta. Um, and that experience really um, sparked my interest in, and commitment to um, education and, and Catholic schools. Um, so I'm uh, excited to continue that research uh, in my work today. So Julie, you're also a mother to um, four children? Three. Three. Okay, three children. And, and your husband also works in Catholic education, so the family is committed to the church. We are. Um, my husband and I joke that uh, Catholic schools are are part of our family business. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, we have our three boys attend our, our parish elementary school, and um, we've definitely uh, devoted our our uh, careers and and often a lot of our um, just personal conversation to uh, to Catholic schools in our in our house. Yes. And Julie, you have your doctorate in education. Can you tell us a little bit about your dissertation? Sure. So I focused on, um, I, you know, I live here in Indiana and um, we have school choice. And so my dissertation really tried to examine um, in, in one aspect how um, school choice might be influencing school mission. And so um, I looked at school mission statements from before and after um, the enactment of choice policies and across sector to kind of see what changes um, might be seen in kind of the text of mission statements over time. And I really found that um, Catholic schools and other religious schools um, really seem to be becoming more transparent in their in the religious aspects of their mission over time, which um, I think is um, really interesting and, and really uh, helps us understand how the, the Catholic schools really want to be transparent in their mission in, as they are attracting uh, prospective students. I think that's true. And I, I tell everybody there's a reason the word Catholic comes before the word school. Um, and, and 
I think, I truly think our principals and teachers understand that and live that every day. So I think it's interesting that that was um, your research topic for your, for your dissert, dissertation. Julie, you've been doing other research recently too. And could you tell us about your most recent study? Because um, it has a lot of implications for Catholic education. During, um, during the pandemic, um, I had done some research previously on parent uh, engagement and um, was really struck by how, you know, we have a really um, strong understanding, you know, as educators and researchers about school-based parent engagement and how, um, you know, how and when parents interact with the school, like through attending events and conferences and meetings um, and volunteering in the school, but we have a much we don't know quite as much about what, how parents really support their children's learning in the home. We know what goes on, but we just, it's really, it's a lot harder to study. And when the pandemic hit and all of a sudden all school learning was happening in the home with the parents, you know, you know, necessary to support this learning, um, I, I, I thought it was a great window to both understand the parent experience during this time and the parent experience in Catholic schools during this time, but also as a way to kind of see, you know, what what does learning in the home look like, you know, even if this was a time when it was kind of on steroids. It was on steroids. And I think, too, that it was, um, you know, the church teaches that Catholic, that parents are the first and primary educators of their children. And I think for the first time in a long time, maybe parents understood that better. Would you agree with that? You know, they really... Um, had a unique window into their students' learning at this time, and really, um, especially for um, kids in the younger grades, parents, you know, um, children needed their parents to help them get their schoolwork done. So yes, I think um, parents played a, a extraordinary role during that time, and uh, definitely that that relationship came out. Yeah, yes, and uh, again, I think. Um, parent, like I said, we've said that as church, but I think parents started living it in a really new way. Um, and so tell us more about your study and what questions you asked of the parents, because I think this is really helpful information for schools. Sure. So we focused on um, three main research questions. So how have Catholic school parents supported their students learning during, um, during COVID? Um, what challenges have parents faced during this time? And how have parents perceived school expectations um, as well? And we um, wanted to reach as many Catholic school parents as possible in, in a short amount of time. So we distributed the survey anonymously through um, ACES social networks as well as NCEAs uh, using newsletters and emails and social media. And we had um, over 400 Catholic school parents from the, across the country start the survey and had about 230 surveys that were um, usable responses. And um, so we gathered some survey data based on these questions. And then um, parents who answered the survey were allowed to opt into an interview, an optional interview. Um, and from those who opted in, we selected 40 parents, kind of aiming for the most diverse set of parents possible. And we interviewed those parents um, over Zoom 
Um, and those interviews took place right um, right before and after Christmas. So kind of right at the mid-year point of this current year. Um, and really, it was great to hear parent perspectives and voices and get to go a little bit deeper than, than just the survey allowed. So what were your findings? What did parents say about um, being the teachers during the pandemic and how that impacted them and their children? Sure. Um, you know, we learned so much during this, this time, but I'll, I'll try to, I'll try to uh, streamline it here a little bit. So um, I guess the first thing um, that was really apparent to us was that um, the amount of burden that remote learning placed on parents really, as I mentioned earlier, varied by the age of the student. So parents with pre-K and elementary school age children um, really reported spending much more time supporting their children's learning. Um, younger children just needed a lot of help in navigating teacher instructions. Some of them weren't great readers yet. You know, um, others, you know, needed help with accessing the learning platforms or submitting assignments or printing out um, worksheets. And then there were technology issues that parents had to navigate as well uh, in relation to, um, you know, again, uploading the assignments, but also um, online meetings through Zoom or, or similar technology. But younger parents of younger children also found themselves really sometimes reteaching content to their students. Um, and especially as, you know, teachers in schools were um, making this transition to um, remote learning. Um, some of that instruction really, really fell to the parents. So parents described this role as, you know, being I'm, like, I was the teacher or, you know, some considered themselves the substitute teacher um, and others, you know, found themselves, you know, saying I was kind of the IT specialist. Um, fortunately, middle school students and it seems high school students were somewhat more self-sufficient. Um, but across the board, parents really discussed needing to continually motivate and support their children, mostly during this time, which um, was often a struggle, um, uh, especially because they weren't sure how to motiv motivate their kids um, to get the homework done or, you know, how best to support their kids when their kids, um, you know, this was such an... an Uncharted time for all of us. Well, I, yes, and at parents, I, you know, what do they do when they want their children to do something? They take away the computer or they take away the <laughs> the the screen time, and and that was not an option. So I I think that actually did play a role in in the negotiation between parent and child to to get the work done. Um, it it was hard. Did the parents reflect on? Um, I mean, I, I, it was difficult, especially the younger, as you said, the younger the student, the more assistance the student needed. Did the parents feel like the quality of education being offered was good enough? I know they had to know it was going to be different, but did they consider it good enough? Um, I think that they saw that it improved over time. Um, I, you know, um, I think this just varied widely, so widely, school to school. There were definitely some parents who, um, you know, thought it could have been better. But I think everyone acknowledged that this was just a, a very challenging time for everyone. So I feel like 
parents, the parents we talked to also, you know, while they may have been frustrated at times, also extended a lot of grace toward, toward teachers and also appreciated um, teachers and schools' flexibility with families during this time. Um, but it is definitely something that um, parents said it improved over time. And then, uh, you know, as, as I said, we talked to people in the, you know, at the midpoint of the semester where many schools had gone to in-person instruction, but, you know, may have had to step back to remote learning at times due to cases in the school or, um, you know, close contacts, um, and, you know, different portions of the school needing to be remote at a time. And um, I think across the board, um, I feel like parents felt that um, the remote learning that happened this fall was a was a big improvement. That a lot of lessons were learned and um, improvements put in place between that remote learning in the spring and remote learning this fall. I'm glad to hear that during that time, parents supported teachers' grace because I think it's very true that everyone, all teachers, Catholic school, public school, charter school, all teachers learned how to utilize um, the technology, how to do remote teaching and learning because. Let's face it, most of us were, were first-year teachers last year um, in this new paradigm, and, and it took some grace in order to get there. So that's good news as far as I'm concerned, that parents realized that and didn't expect perfection from the get-go. Is there anything in the study that really surprised you that you said, oh, I didn't expect that, or I'm really surprised they feel that strongly about something? One big um, thing that I've been really interested in is um, a lot of parents described a lack of, you know, it really explicit expectations from school to school. So, you know, a lot of it was implied, like there was a general expectation that, you know, students um, go through the assignments and the videos and complete the work, but there were far fewer expectations um, that schools communicated to parents beyond you know, that they needed to help their kids get it done um, or that they needed to be present while their student was doing the work. So there was very little guidance for parents on how or what to do to assist. And, and in some cases that left parents struggling with um, trying to determine how best to help their student, you know, and trying to determine where the line was between the student learning on their own or them providing too much help um, you know, should they uh, let their child know when they got a homework problem wrong, or should they wait and have them turn it in and have the teacher correct it? So there was just a lot of, um, some parents felt like it was kind of, they weren't exactly sure what they should do. They knew they needed to help, and they, they were there to help and committed to helping, but um, some more explicit uh, instructions or guidance from the school might would have been helpful during that time. So that's a big takeaway for us if this, God forbid, happens again, that, that we make those expectations clear. And as professionals, educational professionals, we need to think that through. How do we want parents to support the child who's learning from home? Because, um, you know, you're going to see your child make a mistake and our, our, our inclination is to not let them make that mistake where that might be the best thing for them. So I think that's a very important takeaway. 
So, Julie, as we said, you're the mother of three young men, young boys who were learning during this time. So from your own experience, what did you learn as a parent and an educator during COVID? Well, I would say that definitely the findings from the study really resonate um, with my own experience, um, especially um, related to to um, the parent-child relationship. I don't know if I've talked about this yet, but um, a lot of parents talked about how different the role of teacher is to the role of parent and how at times that would introduce conflict into to relationships. And I definitely saw that firsthand. I mean, I have teaching experience. I've been a middle school teacher. Um, but me teaching a second grader and me, you know, that's was out of my expertise. And uh, he definitely was not um, having to motivate him to, to, you know, get the work done and, and also balancing that with my own uh, work responsibilities and then monitoring the other children. You know, these are all issues that um, surface within the, within the data. Um, it's a very, a very challenging time for parents. And um, in some ways, as I was doing uh, this study, I definitely felt like I was, would relive kind of my own experience. Um, I was grateful for some researchers without children to also join me in this work so that um, uh, I wouldn't let my own experiences color or bias the findings. Um, but definitely a lot of a lot of this resonates um, with me and definitely um, affirms my, my personal decision not to homeschool. I know some people are great at it, but I know that it is definitely would not be my um, would not be the best thing for me and my family. And I was and continue to be so appreciative of our parish school willingness to go to great lengths to provide, you know, safe in-person learning uh, during this current school year. I think you're not alone. I think a lot of people realize teaching is a whole lot harder than I thought it might be. And um, many parents are like, yes, I never want to teach my child again. Um, so those who homeschool their parents, my hat's off to them because I think that's very challenging. Um, I didn't even do stuff with my own children. My husband did because it was just too much for me to teach all day and then to be their teacher at night. So um, my husband did those things and that worked out really well. It was good to have dad doing that instead of mom. So, um, Julie, is there anything in the in the um, study that you did that we haven't discussed that you think this is important? Educators need to know this. Something that you want to share. You know, because we, we did talk to parents kind of at that midpoint of the year and, and because Catholic schools in many places have provided um, families with a remote learning option, even if the school is in person. Um, and we, we talked to several families uh, and parents who had chosen that remote learning option. Um, and I think it's really important, you know, you know, we have another month left of school, you know, in many places here um, and, and should should we have to return to remote learning in, in future um, or some form of hybrid, you know, um, just making sure that that remote learning option is, is both inclusive and equitable. You know, a few parents thought their schools were doing a great job with this and really, you know, um, spoke, spoke well of their schools. Um, but there were also some parents who, um, you know, felt, felt pressure what they felt was unnecessary pressure to send their children to school, even with the remote learning option. Um, and they just found that pressure to be kind of stressful on 
on their students and, and on themselves when they felt they were making the decision that was right for their family. Um, others, parents reported having a hard time, others who were remote expressed a hard time getting the school to hear their concerns because they weren't in person, they weren't there. And a few felt that, you know, more could be done within their school community to help remote students feel valued, really uh, a part of the community. And finally, academic progress, there were some remote students whose, you know, who parents were struggling because they were finding out late that assignments were missing. Um, and without that in-person, you know, because they were remote, the, the messaging was off. So, you know, I think just paying it close attention and considering, you know, is that remote learning um, providing, you know, making those families feel included and is, is the, what the schools are providing really equitable to the in-person experience, I think will go a long way to um, really serving you know, all Catholic school students. I, I was going to say, I think what you said is really important because a lot of schools are going to continue with hybrid for a variety of reasons. Um, students may have other health issues or it just may work for a family for a short period of time. So I, I think many schools are going to consider the remote and some dioceses are starting um, remote schools so that they will have a uh, virtual school option for any of their students. But what you're saying about the communication with parents when the child is remote, I, I could not agree more. And the other thing I would just say is communication with parents, it is almost impossible to over-communicate with parents, don't you think? I agree. Um, parents just care, they care very deeply about their children and their progress. Um, and um, there's, you know, we believe they're, you know, they're partners in this, in this work. And, um, yeah, I, you know, a few, a few too many emails is never heard anyone. <laughs> right, right. And again, again, a parent shouldn't have to worry, you know, to find out too late that the homework wasn't done or whatever. I mean, that just needs to, to continue to happen no matter how the student is learning. Cause if we want this to work in the future, we know that the two experiences have to be equitable. That's very important. So, um, I, I think that's, again, good learning from your research. So, so Julie, um, do you think remote will be around for a long time? Do you think that's part of our future in Catholic education? I'm not sure if I have a good answer for it. I mean, I think, um, you know, we're, we're learning, uh, you know, how we might expand opportunities within, within schooling and how, um, you know, teaching may, um, different forms and modes of teaching. Um, we might explore like flipped classrooms and um, different ways to use technology in the classroom. Um, but I, I'm not, I, I'm not sure, um, you know, if definitely, you know, for health reasons, you know, it, it might uh, stay around longer, but um, I'm not sure beyond that going forward. Uh, yeah, I, um, I just returned from a quick vacation over the weekend, and I was amazed at the number of children who were on vacation who were school-aged, and they were learning remotely. So part of me thinks parents like it, <laughs> and um, it, it was just interesting. I, I've never seen children 
in hotel lobbies on computers doing schoolwork, but that I witnessed that, and it was it was it was a moment for me because I thought this remote thing is not going to go away easily. Maybe especially for more affluent parents. Sure, and I think that that's the um, you know not not all parents can um, can support remote learning, and I think that unfortunately remote learning. Um, I mean, I've 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 seen some of the charter online learning. I mean, it it really some of that research suggests that um, online learning hasn't always worked out well. And I think part of it is this parent piece that if if you don't have um, a parent invested and engaged in the remote learning, um, or at least supportive and there, you know, while it's going on, it, 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 the success of it is is not only dependent on the student, it's, it's also dependent on, on the parent's involvement, especially at those younger ages. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. And it's going to take more study and more talk with parents, too, about how they feel about it. But I think the convenience of parents being able to have their children on vacation and spend an hour online, I don't know. Somehow these people look very comfortable doing it. <laughs> so, so, like I said, I was like, I, I hadn't even given the possibility I was going to observe this. And it, seriously, it's one Friday in April, so what do I know? But it it existed in, in the cheaper hotel that I was staying at. So I'm like, wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, we did ask parents, um, you know, why why they chose the option that they did. And and most who chose in person said, I, I didn't really have a choice. They, I, my children need to go to school. I need to be able to work. Um, you know, we didn't have any health issues, so we had to send them so that we could um, could do our own work. So, you know, I think that there's um, still a, a large part of the population that um, is going to seek out that in-person learning. I, I think so, too. I think they'll always be more in-person. But like I said, it just occurred to me witnessing this that, wow, people may, again, they may, they may seek this more than I would have, would have thought. Um, sure. Because, yeah, because with my children... Trust me, my husband and I were both working it and needed to do that. So, well, Julie, I thank you for joining us today. This is really interesting information. And again, I think for Catholic schools, you know, setting those expectations, making sure that um, our remote learners feel like they have equitable access to teachers and to the curriculum is going to be really important. And then, you know, just communicating um, from teacher to parent, it, 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 there's never enough. You can always do more in that area. And I know that's tiring for teachers, but I think your research just points to the importance of it. Yeah, I, I definitely hope that we can capitalize on kind of the interest and involvement parents have had during this remarkable time to kind of just have a window into their child's learning. Uh, and if we can find ways that schools and parents can better work together um, to support children's learning, um, I, I think that's that's um, a huge um, would be a huge benefit to both children and schools going forward. I, I think so too. And again, Catholic schools, we, we need to be agile and respond to to the needs of parents, always with the children in mind. So we're not just doing it to be doing it, but because we think it, it's possible and, and it would be okay for kids. And 
And I think that um, it, it makes sense to explore these opportunities. Thank you for joining us for the NCA podcast. I really appreciate Julie and taking the time to speak with us. So Julie Dalavis and Notre Dame, we thank you for all your work in Catholic education. And we thank you to all of our listeners. And we hope you'll join us again next time. Thank you.